something that a lot of aspiring authors feel is that their story is not over yet because you are ambitious. Yeah. You know that in the next three years, your company is going to take you to the next level. You're going to achieve all these things. So that's why you feel incomplete to write a book right. yet. Right. But the thing is, who said that you're supposed to write only one book in your lifetime? My name is Dr. Jessica Emery, and this is the Happy CEO Podcast. For me, being a happy CEO means finding alignment in all of the areas of your life that matter most, like love, health, career, finances, personal development, and of course, self-care. In 2020, I made a huge pivot in my career as a cosmetic dentist. I decided to hang up my white coat and go all in on my dream of helping others discover their own success path through inspiring conversations, tools, resources, and community. Are you ready to take control of your life and go all in on your dreams? If so, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Happy CEO. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Happy CEO. I am so excited to have an incredible, incredible guest with me here today and have this conversation. We've been trying to get together for some time and we're making it happen today. So I have Jotsna with me today and I'll let you jump in and, and say your entire name. Um, but she is a best selling author, a book publisher a TEDx speaker, and is an international author success coach and helps coaches, trainers, speakers, and experts build a super profitable author funnel with their book. And there is so much more that we are going to dive into, but would you just pronounce your last name for everybody, please? Sure, Jessica. I am Jyotsna Ramachandran. I love it. I was just explaining to her, she says it so much more eloquently <laughs> than I can. Welcome. I'm so happy that you are here. You are Thank you so there. much. Thank oh. you so much for having me on the show. There's so much to unpackage. So much. So in your young years, because you are, you are so young as a female entrepreneur here, I want to go back. Um, you have obviously always had female entrepreneurship like in your blood. Yes. Because I don't know if it runs in my family because I'm the first generation of uh, entrepreneur in my family. But right from childhood, I had this dream of one day having my own business, you know, because the kids in my class who were the rich kids had rich parents who were entrepreneurs, whereas all the other kids, the middle class ones like myself, had parents who had a job. And that really inspired me to one day pursue entrepreneurship in the future. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Like the dream was the seed was planted at a very yeah. young age. So you had very, this is what I find fascinating. You're multi-passionate like I am, like multi-passionate because reading, <laughs> reading that you had tried several businesses, staffing agency, franchisee of a chocolate brand and freelance web design. Holy moly, this is before you started your book publishing venture and you're young. So <laughs> how the heck? I mean, I have had several businesses as well. And I know, first of all, freelance web design, like how did web, <laughs> that's hard. That's like, 
So while I was looking for answers on Google, I came across several uh, blogs and podcasts of people, especially in the US and Canada and countries like that, talking about this whole gold mine of opportunity that's there on Amazon. And in mm-hmm. India back then, nobody was even aware of it. So I started taking online courses from them. I started hiring coaches who were making like tens and thousands of dollars doing this. So and I realized the business model that they were following was pretty simple. They would just identify the hot topics which are trending at that moment. And they would mm-hmm. hire ghostwriters from freelance websites. And mm-hmm. they would commission these people to write a short 5,000 word ebook. And back then, on Amazon, these ebooks were actually selling. So every mm-hmm. week you put, uh, you publish like five or 10 different ebooks on several different topics. And these ebooks would generate royalties for the person who's publishing it under different pen names. So yeah. that is the model I started with. It did pretty well. In about six months, I was confident enough to shut down my other businesses that I was kind of trying. And I started mm-hmm. focusing on this. And uh, at one point, particular month I hit $5,000 which is huge for the uh, you know in terms of the currency conversion in India absolutely so I felt wow this is it but a few months later I felt that you know all this is great but I don't really feel connected to these books because they were not written by me and nor were those people experts on those topics they were just ghost writers who could write on any topic Hmm. that is when I felt that people were asking me what is it that you're doing from home but you're still making some money So Mm -hmm. I felt I should now probably just share my short journey of how I quit my job, which I did not like much and started online businesses. So when I wrote my book, Jessica, the feeling was so different. It felt great because for the very first time, I got the confidence to share my story. And after the book got published, when people started interviewing me and I started reading reviews of the book, it felt great because I finally felt heard and I, it felt so fulfilling uh, Mm -hmm. that in one of the interviews that I was doing post the book launch, the host asked me that, why don't you help other authors out there? Because they don't know how to self-publish. And you've done that so well for all these ghostwritten books as well as your book. So yeah. I thought, wow, this is that was like an aha moment for me. And that's how Happy Self-Publishing was born, where I actually started working with real authors, with real stories, and just help them to take their rough draft and help them publish them into books. So that's how it began. Oh my gosh, just that you had the confidence to step in and, and do this because, so I had shared with you kind of when we popped on, I was going to explain. So for me, I have had throughout my entire life, um, I am spiritual and like love psychic, like, you know, just kind of things and kind of tap into that just for fun every now and again and have for many, many years. And every single person I've ever been with all different Mm -hmm. everywhere has always said, go write your book. Like you're going to write a book. And then I started having visualizations of me writing a book. I can see on the ocean where I am with my coffee. Like I can see it all. Um, I've had some really interesting. So fast forward, we moved here to Charleston from Chicago and I moved out of my dental practices and my brick and mortar businesses. And we got down here and settled in. And um, my former nanny surprised us. And I said, we can go to brunch downtown because I can, right? Working in the online space. I've got flexibility now. Let's go have breakfast. Right. And we did. And the only other couple sitting outside next to us, we we started a conversation because they were drinking mimosas midday as well. And <laughs> she happened to be from Chicago, which is where I had just moved from. We, my nanny mm-hmm. as well, I was living and struck up a conversation. And she said, I have a publishing agency. Like I oh. publish books. And I was like, 
okay, this is surreal, right? And then yeah. it became even bigger. She asked me to be part of a book. Uh, mm-hmm. She was publishing a series of books with female entrepreneurs in them and wanted to be mm-hmm. part, me to be part of that. And I remember thinking in my head, oh my goodness, is this my book? But it did not feel, I started doing the work with her and it did not feel completely in alignment because it wasn't my own in my own story because I do feel mm-hmm. deeply within me. I'm not there yet. I'm on like chapter I'm somewhere in the middle. I still have a lot to kind of live and flesh out before I know that I'm there. You know, I'll know when I know. Um, but I found that fascinating because I can say the reason probably why I haven't started and many, maybe many other women out there as well yeah. is the, not that you need to know the how, cause I'm not about that, but like, whoa, it just feels big. Right. And like, it would, it would take so much time. And just recently, though, and I would love your your feedback on this as well, mm-hmm. um, I took a, a course, jumped in, where they were talking about AI, and they're like, AI is just spitting out, you know, book, get your book published so that, yeah. you know, you're seen. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness, is this now taking away, like, the depth? Because I did think about, I actually looked into hiring a ghostwriter because I'm like, I've got it all in me if I could Mm -hmm. speak it and somebody could write it, but I just, it felt, it felt huge. And so AI makes it feel smaller, easier, and yet not connected. Hmm. I don't know if you want to speak to all of this or how female entrepreneurs tap in or start with you or breaking through like. Sure, sure. Absolutely. This is such a good conversation, Jessica. So a lot of people are using AI in their businesses on a day-to-day basis. Now, it totally depends on what you feel is authentic to you, because what feels right to me may not feel right to somebody else. So at my publishing company, uh, when clients send me a couple of book titles, in the past, I would spend two hours trying to give them different title ideas. Now I use chat GPT and I tell her this is the book all about this is how I would like a title to be like I give it examples and it comes up with 10 different options which is great for me to suggest to my client Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong in that it's just an extra brain that I'm hiring yes but I could I if I had to just tell chat GPT that you know give me the entire outline of the book you know write chapter one for me write chapter two for me that would feel inauthentic because it can I cannot transfer my whole life experience to a machine right so we can take assistance but we can't use it as a crutch so that's what I feel is the challenge so at my company what we've realized over the years of working with different types of clients is we've identified four different author archetypes based on their personality the first one is called the creator creators love creating everything themselves they don't need that extra support or motivation they would get up at the specific time every day to write Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. take pride in being writers. Yeah. Not all authors need to be writers, but creators love writing. Mm-hmm. So they would independently write their book and then take help of a publishing agency to do the rest of the work, like design and editing and all of that. Mm-hmm. The second uh, archetype is a collaborator. It's similar to the uh, book you were talking about, where many people come together to collaborate and put one mm-hmm. book together. Here, people are not yet ready to write a full length book yet. Mm-hmm. But they are they are sure that there has been one chapter in their life which has been really fascinating and they don't mind converting that chapter into a chapter in a book. So mm-hmm. those are the people who are meant to be collaborators, at least for now, till they're ready to write a full-length book. Mm-hmm. The third archetype is a, 
a catalyst. A catalyst is something that will get activated when other elements are present around it. So similarly, mm-hmm. this person wants to write a book. They even enjoy writing, but they need the support of a coach. They mm-hmm. cannot do it independently. They need the handholding, the feedback, mm-hmm. and the accountability of working with a coach to finish their book. Sure. And the fourth archetype is that of a curator. Curators have a lot of ideas but they are just not writers. They cannot sit down and write on their own. They can talk for hours because they're so passionate about their topic. They need a good interviewer like you to sit with them and ask the right questions so that they can speak. And the interviewer can also act as an angel writer who can listen to the conversation back again and make sure their voice and authenticity is not lost and write the book for the author. So these are the four major archetypes which I think require specific methods to publish their book. I was not aware of those. And immediately when you said creator, I was like, oh, I'm the creator, but no, I fall on the, <laughs> I fall on the fourth for sure. Like the curator, yeah. Idea generator. Yeah. But, but want to keep moving and just get all of my stuff out. But the idea yeah. of the time it would sit to, you know, hmm. I would, because yeah, I'm always- you are passionate about other projects that, that you're managing as well, which doesn't right. give you the time to sit for two hours every day on your desk to write the book. Yes, I love that. And I love that you're bringing this up because I'm just thinking about um, a woman that has been in my world and my masterminds and such that um, it's amazing. It, it, it weighs like heavy on me because she is so passionate about this book, right? It's come up in our, in our conversations. Um, and now it's probably been two years where we went through even this, okay, like create the space and sit down. Like you just said, get up early or, you know, she does not have children either. So of course me, us, right. We're like, you have the time, (laughs) you can make the time. And it's not, and I know that it's like in her heart space. I know it's something she is so passionate about. So on the other side, I'm like, come on, like make it happen. But she may not be aware, nor was I, right? The archi- the type, like the types that you were just saying, and mm. that you can actually find somebody to, to help, right? With Absolutely. that guidance. Yeah. I don't think maybe that um, people are aware of that. I mean, even for me, I would know, right. To reach out and that there, you could find a coach, for example. Um, Mm. but so does your, does your agency then do it all, all four in helping guide somebody from, yeah, putting them before. Yes. And absolutely. Initially we were only working with the creators who came to me with a written manuscript, but Thanks to my husband, a few years ago, he seeked my help in publishing his book and he's dyslexic. He just cannot write one sentence without a mistake. So I interviewed him and wrote the book for him. And I called myself his angel writer. And I thought that was pretty cool. And that's how I started attracting more people who are busy entrepreneurs, but they cannot write. So that's how I identified each of these archetypes one after the other. And now we have a whole gamut of all these services. Oh my gosh. All right, everyone. You may be seeing a book for me sooner than later. You have me <laughs> excited because I think there's so much, there's so much to un- unpackage. I have so much to say. I'm that type four. Oh my gosh. Um, and if I had somebody to work with, I think mm-hmm. I could absolutely um, spit out, if you will, right through <laughs> sure, a lot sure. of content. Um, yeah. 
And there's so much I would love to say. The other thing you mentioned, Jessica, which is something that a lot of aspiring authors feel is that their story is not over yet because you are ambitious. You know that in the next three years, your company is going to take you to the next level. You're going to achieve all these things. So that's why you feel incomplete to write a book yet. But the thing is, who said that you're supposed to write only one book in a lifetime? Correct. Right. No, I love it. When you just said that, I'm like, wait, I just lived an entire life with my brick and mortar, right? My, I've already lived the yeah. chapters to inspire women. I probably like you want to inspire women to know they can do anything and be anything they desire. Mm. So it, the whole point is that there is a blank chapter in front of us of the book. And ironically, I have a, I had a graphic made. This is years ago when I was at Sugar Fix Develop at my practice, never thinking I would leave dentistry. I had a graphic made with my pink and white stripes. It was sugar fixed in a lot, but pink and white with a book drawn. I had an artist draw it and it is a book. I'd have to show it to you. A beautiful book with white pages, just clear white pages. I don't know why I had that created ever. That is and has been the theme, which is, you know, what is next? What is coming next? Mm. But I feel like there's so much to be taught through what we grow through for sure. Um, and I would love to inspire more people. And let's also talk about like the elephant in the room. Like we know today, and this is spoken to as well, is to be seen as an expert. I just came back from Funnel Hackers Live in Orlando mm-hmm. after a week. And of course, if, if you all out there aren't familiar, you know, it's funnels and being in the online space and so much talk about, you know, writing the book and having a book to be seen as yeah, as as an expert and in being having that be the start of bringing people mm-hmm. into your world, um, which I personally would again, this is so personal to everybody. For me, it would have to be come. I wouldn't just be able to spit something out to spit something out to bring people in like that. That wouldn't work for me, although yeah. it does others. But I still would love the idea of having that in my in my um, repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So when you wrote your book, for example, you had mentioned that you had all of a sudden it just opened up, you know, TV, newspapers, radios, like blogs, all of the things because it became a, a, did you anticipate Mm. it becoming a international bestseller? I knew, uh, you know, what are the steps that are needed to be taken to make it an Amazon bestseller? Uh, So, but I did not know that it's going to be perceived as something so huge because I was already into publishing. I know tons of authors who've made it to the bestseller list. So it was not a big thing for me, but when people heard it, they said, wow, you should come on my show. You know, I'll write an article about you. And that felt very surreal because I didn't expect that people would perceive it uh, as an achievement. Gosh, it's such an achievement. It's wonderful. And the fact that your company just took off because have you felt, and I, in the online space, so having, being multi-passionate, trying a lot of different things, feeling like you're swimming upstream, uh, being online, at least for me, I'll speak personally, I, going from brick and mortar and having teams and patients and people and feeling their energy to being behind a glass screen, trying to be seen, you know, like, hello, anybody. (laughs) I always say it's like the Nemo movie where the little girl with the braces is like on the glass fish tank, like, you know, banging on it. And so it can be lonely. Like it can definitely be 
um, a space of, of starting to question, right? Like, what are you, you know, doing? So to have that, but all of a sudden when you click in, like you did and get that recognition of like, ah, oh, this is it, you know, and the, um, it taking off like it did. And then you locking and loading this and then it becoming your one thing. It must, yeah. you know, just feel beyond, um, amazing. And so for other women too, just know, right. You just keep going until you, uh, you lock in. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we ever can arrive literally, Correct. right? Yes. Because there's constantly this ups and downs and this constant reinvention because we initially started by selling $99 cover design packages. Today oh, we wow. have, you know, services up to uh, $10,000, $20,000 also. So that has been a huge uh, uh, transition and it took a lot of time. We have grown looking at, back at the books that we published eight years ago. I don't feel proud, <laughs> but wow. if if not for those books, we wouldn't be doing the kind of books we do now. Of so I course. think it's, uh, it's, it's just uh, trusting that this is working because, you know, it's yes. just feeling good from inside, but there are yes. times where, you know, you would have done like a five day live workshop and nobody signs up at the end of the workshop. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. when you realize that maybe that's not what's right for you. Because yes. there's so much noise around online entrepreneurship. Everybody wants to mm -hmm. do what everybody else is doing. But mm -hmm. only after trying those things, we realize that, okay, maybe these are great for certain other types of people. But for me, that doesn't work. For me, right. just connecting with people one-on-one -on, -one on coffee chats works best rather than doing live webinars. So uh, right. I think that I keep learning and discovering about myself and what works for me, what works for my team. And then yeah. talking about this loneliness, uh, a lot of people realized it during the pandemic that working online could be really lonely. But I've been mm -hmm. doing that for the last 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot, few things that I figured out is before it was all just email communication and Slack messages. But now I make sure that I meet my team multiple times a week. Having nice. that conversation, even if it's on a Zoom call, makes mm -hmm. a lot of difference because yes. we are connecting real time with people. I can mm -hmm. actually just send a message, but I would still want them to get on that weekly meeting. So we have meetings for discussing the projects that we are go that the book projects we're doing that's on Mondays on Tuesdays it's all about marketing and social media every Wednesday we do a team training so we pick up a topic and we all discuss and it need not just be about business it could even be about skincare so it's oh, all you know all, <laughs> yeah. all the fun stuff that we as women enjoy doing and sure. every Friday we have one-on-ones with team members because there are certain things which they would like to tell me in person yeah um, rather than talking in a group so these uh, regular meetings have been huge in terms of building that connection yes. and also I think as women business is just one aspect of our life we need to yes. have a, a thriving community friendships family outside of the business yeah. to feel that connection oh a hundred thousand billion percent I I love bringing women together and the, what I'm so passionate about that I've done my entire life is, is really tapping into the categories and all the pieces of the pie versus just right career. Because mm -hmm. so often the career and us as moms and everything else, your career becomes all consuming. It's very easy to, especially yeah. as a business owner to, to get caught up in that. And what I have found, and then we become more, you know, the masculine energy of the entrepreneur mm -hmm. versus, you know, once you come home to like who you actually are in the feminine and you realize 
you know, everything starts to go in flow. Like we were saying, we get on just everything becomes easier and, and works and you actually yeah. are more successful. And so I, 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 this is something, yes, that weighs on my heart that I really am trying to bring to women. That's what happy kind of will be is yes. Let's mm-hmm. look, let's have those conversations as women about love and family and social and yeah. spiritual, like all of the things career being one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Like desires yeah. and dreams and wanting to be successful. And I love women coming together and supporting other women and having those relationships where we can cheer each other on or be there when someone falls or, you know, mm. and, and shout each other out. I think, you know, that is life. Like that is why we're here in purpose um, as well. So, so I, true. I love, love, love that so much. So yeah. Thanks for like, Jumping in on that. So your team and sharing their wisdom with the the team meetings. Cause when I was in person, I did do that and I love it. And I just actually jumped off of a team meeting and we don't do them enough. I haven't structured them like that. And I probably should, mm-hmm. cause I used to do that in, um, in my brick and mortar. I feel like now mm-hmm. when we hop on, it's more like scramble, right? Like what's mm-hmm. on deck. Um, how many do you have on your team? So my, my core team has seven women, including me. And we also have a team of contractors so that if I add them up, it comes to 20 people. Wow, that's huge. So contract, so you have a the core team and are they, do you know, are they everywhere around the world or? Everywhere, yeah. Most of them are in South Asia, uh, the core team. But my extended team of cover designers and editors are um, in America, Europe, even in Africa and South America and Australia. So I think other than Antarctica, we have all of the continents covered. Oh my goodness. So how did you find contract because I have obviously been in that space too like finding contractors that because that is a whole other thing right finding obviously when you find someone good you're going to lock them in but do you have so creatively in your mind for a client then if you're thinking about yes artwork you would know then through having worked with and it has been a number of years now so you know like what designer probably would be best right best fit Hmm. to deliver um, cause yeah. art is so all over, right? Anything from cartoony to like abstract and. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the project fit is really important because if they don't enjoy it, they're not going to work with you again. So I first right. ask them, even if I hire an angel writer, I ask them, what are the genres they love writing about? Is it finance? Is it technology? Is it business? And I ensure that we assign only those projects to them so that they also enjoy. And in the past, I would just have five different cover designers for no reason. And then what happens is the number of projects I give one person is really less. So they don't have that personal connection or that bond with me. But now I have fewer people for each role, but I give them more projects. So they're very loyal. And many of them have been with me for years now. Wow. That is amazing. You have a huge team. (laughs) That is a lot of people to to manage. Um, but I'm sure obviously having been in business and you learned, we, we all learn the hard way. The SOPs are so important, especially in the online space, having those systems, um, for a communication as well, like who's on what, when, where, um, Mm. obviously you can start as a one woman show and then, you know, but exponentially it grows. Do you have a personal assistant as well? Yes, I do. And that's the best investment I've ever made because I'm so bad with emails and scheduling and all of that calendar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's just to, to keep you in your zone of genius. I mean, I, exactly. Um, if there's one thing I said to women as well, because so many women would say, Oh, I just, it's another expense or this or that, or, you know, all of it. And it's like, I could never, it's been nine years that Lori has been in my life too. And mm-hmm. I 
would she's like my priority number one. Um, so true. Am I everything? I when we were live in person at once working together, it was a dream come true, of course, because she could mm. run actually dry cleaning or things, you know. Um, now, obviously, over the years, we've moved different places and things, but we make everything work online. And she flies in with me for events and things, which is great. Nice. But yes, absolutely. for the real entrepreneur, I would say absolutely having that number one. Yeah. And other than your assistant for your work. Having uh, people who can help you at home is also super important. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell me, you what do you, do you have? I mean, you said your husband is, does he have, he just wrote a book, which is amazing. It, did he come into the business? Does he work in the business with you now too? No, he is a relationship coach and he has a flourishing uh, coaching business, which took off after he became an author. So he's one of my best case studies, which I keep repeating to my, uh, you know, prospective clients. So he, so basically we just rented an apartment right next to our home. That's where I'm talking from. So he occupies most of the apartment because his clients also come in person sometimes. And I've just taken up one room because nobody comes to meet me. So that's oh my how gosh, we operate. I love this so much. So let's talk about space for a second too, because about the, I love that you mentioned this because so the entrepreneurial um, women's space, I mean, we know that there are women that have done so well and can work out of one room and all of that. But for me, and I just had this conversation with my husband, um, I, so I secured a space, a different space to have had, have so much room and so much space in our home. I could go up to the third floor. I could work from multiple places. However, it's being mm-hmm. home all the time. Creatively, mm-hmm. I sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't think between kids coming home from school, kids going out. A dog, We I never had a dog until we moved here. My husband got a dog. It's like having a full-time baby, right? Yeah. The dog starts to bark midday. Other dogs outside bark. So I'm like, oh my gosh. I just said to my husband. So the thing about the downtown space, and I have loved it so, so much, but I just found myself not using it because the flexibility to go mm. by the pool or whatever. I'm like, well, why do I want to go downtown and sit in that room? But to your point, like you said, the quiet yeah. And having a different creative space to work in is mm. amazing. Yeah, um, and I did not realize how important that is till last year. For yeah. nine years, I was working from one nook in my bedroom uh, wow. from my laptop. But then once my neighbor vacated, we both, my, my husband and I discussed, why not speak to the owner of this property and see if we can rent it as an office because it's going to be a huge upgrade and we love it now. <laughs> Yes, huge. And I believe, I mean, I feel like it opens up space for so much growth. I mean, look at your husband being able to actually see clients in that space. And then you get the quiet too, because you're a mom, you have children, right? Too. So this, this quiet space that is not interrupted. Um, it's incredible. And I know one of the biggest reasons for you to go into business the way that you did, you had mentioned is because of being a mom, right? You talked about your newborn. Um, how many children do you have now? Two. Two children. They're they, are, how they are 10 years and seven. Okay. So perfect. So you're still kind of like me in the thick of it with their, you know, not babies, but still doing a lot of things, <laughs> needing right. a lot of attention still. <laughs> um, but it's busy. Yeah. Being a mom and having a business and, and doing all that. But I'm sure the reason you got into it and what I have found as well, unexpectedly, to be honest, is the freedom part. Mm. I, mm, 
I don't miss dentistry. I, at times, I miss the people. I miss the patients. Like I miss the human. And I did love doing dentistry, but working in a business like that, now that I've had the opportunity to work on a business from anywhere, there's no way ever, anyhow, any way I would ever go back. Right. Um, right. And I know you same when you had the children, it was like, how do I create something so that I can, can work mm. from anywhere to give you that freedom, which you obviously have found, which is incredible. Yeah. It's just so, so priceless. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and so I you know I had started with your, with your husband and, and him because sometimes when women take off I, it for, in my family, we had decided my husband knows and my multi-passionateness that I will make anything happen. So like he left his job of 20 years to move in to be, cause we had nannies and you were saying help at home. We had live in yeah. nannies, um, loved it. They became part of our family. And when we came mm-hmm. down here, we were like, well, different lifestyle. I mean, we're all going to be home all the time. And it's been beautiful because our children have never had us so much, probably too mm. much, <laughs> but you know, it's very, very different. Um, yeah. it all kinds of the ways. Uh, but so the help though, I would, yeah. I have actually said, even though we're here to my husband as of late, we need to get help because we'll have someone coming clean, but I'm like, just the sure. laundry alone with children is, epic all the time on top of everything (laughs) else. And for me as an entrepreneur, and you can share how you feel, but I'm like, I would rather, I I'm an outsourcer. I'd rather Mm. outsource all day, every day. And like, I don't want to spend my precious time folding laundry all day when I could be exactly ideas and things. So true. Yeah. So I do have people for cleaning and cooking. I do enjoy cooking and people think, uh, especially, you know, traditional culture like India women are expected to cook and that mm. too like three different meals every single day and if you don't do that it's considered to be like you're not a good wife you're not a good mom so for me initially breaking that stereotype was huge because I felt that if I don't enjoy it see for somebody who loves cooking let them yes. cook all day it's yes. their passion but when I don't enjoy it why should I be forced to do it so I have a person who comes home to cook and it's amazing, right? Because I don't Green. have to worry about uh, even the sh- uh, grocery shopping. She does all of that. She uh, makes a whole calendar for the week and she does the cooking and takes care of that. So I think that saves up a lot of mental space and time. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I had a, a chef for a while Um yeah. And the nanny, oh, just everything. It was, it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, and it's not being, I'm sure someone might be like, oh, that's selfish. Or, oh, you know, you can hear people and what comes up for them, but that is something that you, that you're projecting, right? Because until you try it, do not, right? Cause it is, it is just so so amazing. I love it so much. And I am, I am with you on all of those pages uh, because it frees you up for, for more time to be with your children, your significant other and your clients. Um, just clear, right? Yeah. Just, or just your hobbies, you know? Yes. 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 I say no to the chaoticness and as whatever you need to do to streamline. So do yeah. you, cause obviously I could talk to you like all day on all of the things <laughs> Do you have um, anything we didn't touch on that you would love to cover? Or I would say if you want to just kind of 
close with something um, along the lines, like something you would say to your younger self or something you'd love to let the women out there know specifically words of wisdom wise. Uh, I think uh, what I want to share is something that you've been sharing all along, Jessica, that it's completely okay to change your career at any point of time in your life based on the season of life you are at. And there is no shame in doing that because so what if you've been doing one thing for 30 years? If that doesn't feel right at that particular point of time, you have the permission to uh, shift to something that feels true to you. So I think that is something that I have done several times. Uh, Even within the publishing space, I have reinvented it in different ways based on what felt right at that point of time. So I think women should just have the permission to do it. You don't need anybody's approval or any PhD in a degree to, in any um, field to pursue a career in that field. No, right? (laughs) I'm proof of that. All the degrees, all the things. When I moved into the online space, I also, I was asked to, you know, mentor people and coach people. And I kept thinking and questioning myself, but wait, you don't have the degree. So I went and got certified and I don't even use any of that because mentorship, it comes from our own individual experience or what we've lived through to help others, right? When people take that seat on that rocket ship, it's because you have already done what they're looking to achieve. And that's very unique to every person. Mm. So you do not need the degrees, the money, the time, whatever is stopping you, stop it. Right. And today I so appreciate you and I am so grateful. And I thank you for being here too, because you have even opened up my eyes to what has been stopping me actually from Mm. writing a book. Maybe it's the one of many. And I, when we're offline, would love to explore that even more because um, I think we should open that can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. So how can people find you? You Yeah, so the best place to connect with me would be um, Instagram, which is at happy self pub. And I also have a cool gift to all the listeners. I recently put together a video training called Topic Selection Formula because I realized that many aspiring authors get stuck because they're not sure if the topic is the right topic for their book. So mm-hmm. that video will give you absolute clarity on your book's topic. So go to happyselfpublishing.com forward slash TSF and you can access that training. And if some of you feel confident enough to take the next step and you want to have a discussion with me i'll be happy to hop on a 30 minute book strategy call so you can schedule that at happyselfpublishing.com forward slash call amazing and they can probably find all of those in your link right and you're on instagram at your links too right so um dm her yeah any i love that i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on there too (laughs) (laughs) so exciting so good i'm so um, I love this this topic so much, and I'm so appreciative that you have been here and taken the time with me today to share all of your wisdom with all of us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, make sure you head over and check out all of her um, amazing things out. And if you've ever aspired or you have a little seed in you to write, I say, you know, take that that call with you, that one-on-one call, and just... Oh. The more you water your thoughts, right? They bloom into something incredible. Um, I love so it. True. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you, Jessica. It's we'll such a in- wonderful uh, time speaking to you. And we have so many things in common. And I just <laughs> love this conversation. 
Me too. I know, like I said, I feel like we could go on and on and on, but everybody, thank you so much for this episode. Uh, Thank you so much for being here today. And we'll talk to you all soon. Want more conversations like this? Join us in the Happy CEO Club. You will find all the resources you need to be the CEO of your life and find your inner happy. Surround yourself with people who want you to win in your business and in your life. Get more info at thehappyceo.com. It's go time. This is your life and you only get one. It's your time to shine.